Hello and welcome back to Portrait of an Editor. I am Francis Lombard. Here's the first of two interviews about the anthology graphic novel, The Most Important Comic Book on Earth, Stories to Save the World. In this interview, I talk with Michael Perlman, Tyler Janess, and Will Dennis about their work and the rest of the editorials team's contribution to the anthology. We cover the mechanics of getting such a huge project up and running, and how their work on earlier anthologies prepared them for this project, and the impact they are hoping the most important comic book on Earth will have on its audience and the world. Enjoy! So hello, we got Will, we got Mike, and we got Tyler here for an episode regarding uh, the most important comic book on Earth, which is an anthology series regarding mass extinction and climate change. The head editor was, is Paul Goodenough, and what we're talking about is sort of the mechanics. But I guess the first thing I want to talk about, maybe we can address and get this out of the way. This is a huge tome of 350 pages, and it talks about uh, treating the environment well. So my first question, anybody's question, is like, you're printing it on paper, which means you're cutting down trees, you're treating the paper, you're putting chemicals into the paper, et cetera, et cetera. You got your inks and everything. I looked up and stuff. It looks like there was a plan. But do you guys remember ever talking about it? Or was this something that Paul dealt with about the environmental impact of this book, which seems to be has taken off uh, about how to approach that and how to sort of not be hypocrites, I guess, in a way. <laughs> oh, that was a bit of a gotcha, gotcha question. Well, yeah, I think you should answer the interview. And the interview Francis, ends at this Francis moment. Been waiting. He's had me on the show 20 times and now he finally landed a gotcha question on me. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely was the first thing that it's like the first thing that everybody thinks of, you know, when you start talking to him, I think even, and yeah, we definitely talked about it. I mean, Paul oh, yeah. was in, Paul was instrumental in obviously engineering this whole thing, but um, he yeah he 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 actually dealt with um, DK on that. But that was like one of the you know as we searched for publishers um, for it, th- that was like definitely one of the things that he was most concerned about, you know, and like really kind of holding whoever was going to publish this feet to the fire about you know, what's the best way we could make it and make it sustainable. So it was like going to different printers, going to different places, you know, specking out all kinds of stuff. I mean, we didn't really get into the weeds of, of all that per se, because it was, you know, through Paul, through then DK, which is like a, you know, massive printing, you know, publishing company. I guess that would but, be um, more of the publisher's realm than an editorial realm. Yeah, but it was, it was, I mean, right guys, I mean, it was definitely one of the top priorities that he had, you know, Paul had in any of the early conversations when we first started talking to them, you know, I was on all these calls with like 15 people from DK and, you know, it was always about like, okay, but look, how are we going to do this? You know, cause initially even from them, I feel like, you know, you're getting this sort of typical responses, you know, and he would. Paul would Paul. I mean, Paul is like super nice guy, but he's also just a pit bull, you know, which I think you have to be kind of about this stuff if you're serious about it. So it would be like, okay, great. I've heard your answer, your cat answer now. Like, what are you actually going to do to like make sure this thing is as 
green as it can possibly be, you know, and I mean, not that they were reluctant to do it, but you know, I mean, it's like, it's, there's a lot of economics involved in them taking it on and printing it at, you know, at this scale. So, yeah, I mean, I think he, we did as much, I think, as you can practically do in this day and age, given, you know, paper shortages, supply chain, Asian printing stuff, all kinds of stuff, you know, I mean, it, so. I can say that, uh, uh, I only ever saw, I think, maybe one like rough pre-actual publication copy, and that was one that Paul was holding. So I'm pretty sure they really cut down on sending out any rough or preliminary copies before they finally had the finished product, which is at least something. Yeah, yeah. It's not always the case. Was it sort of surprise? I mean, was there a system in place already? I mean, we're talking 20, you know, you said, well, before we started recording, this project started in around 2019. And here we are, it got printed in 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, were they, these publishers, was DK already had something in line that they just maybe had to tweak some or, you know? Or yeah, was this- yeah. There's definitely a lot of that that goes on. I mean, if you look at typical, a lot of publishers, you look at the books and you'll see all kinds of language on the back or on the spine, you know, somewhere about, printed with x percentage recyclable materials i mean it's definitely on the minds i think of most of these printers for sure these publishers you know but um yeah it was just a question of really like from beginning to end like making sure that there weren't you know that everything was kind of up to the standard that he had set for us you know from the beginning about it because exactly that i mean that becomes the first thing that people want to you know ask about you know and a lot of these things i mean i've seen and heard him in interviews like fielding that same question in a lot less nice of a you know <laughs> way they're asking it you know and it's like yeah. so well then i want also to uh i guess get some goodwill back from my gotcha question is congratulations on getting what uh, i think a best book of children's uh, for children in 20 20- 21 i think it was in the times uk something i just came across it that you guys were uh the book was uh listed in that or considered one of the best books for children in 2021 so congratulations on that now for portrait of an editor uh books like this this is how i came in touch with you guys because i did an interview with jh williams uh regarding uh, where we live and from there, I ended up snowballing into meeting Will and then talking to Mike. And here we are with Tyler, too. Having Everybody's been on the show before more than, you know, like at least once. So uh, what is it about doing anthologies like that, like Where We Live? And then, Mike, you were involved in The Good Fight, which is, uh, I did another interview regarding that, regarding racism. And Where We Live is regarding the probably the biggest mass shooting in the United States of America in Las Vegas, which is what, about five years ago now, I think, or something like that. Four, yeah. yeah four or five yeah, years. Four years ago. What is it about these that, you know, you guys are busy enough already uh, that you decide to put time aside and, and feel like this is something that has to be done. And well, I mean, so, so I got involved in, in where we live because JH uh, uh, was, I'd known him as a, from my art collecting, side of my life and uh we just to become friends and so when he i think we mentioned on the call there that when um you know he came up with the idea to do it he's he's a great artist but uh he didn't know how to coordinate something or even know how to start doing an anthology i have a lot of project management background and and know a lot of artists and, and comic folks so um kind of offered to help um and we started that project had another editor for a short time 
um, that, that fell through. And then uh, Will got roped into it by Image, I believe. was I, I believe that that's how you basically got, got asked if he would do it. And, mm-hmm. and, and at least and from my perspective, you know, it was just, it was, I, I always enjoyed working in, around, in and around comics as a, as a hobby. And, uh, you know, doing something like this just felt like the right thing to do with, with, with where we live. And then, um, you know, Will's the one that, that got the, the first notice on, uh, on this project. And, uh, just was, I believe trying to, to needed some help and was trying to put the band back together, I guess, is how he put it when he, <laughs> when he reached out to me originally. So, yeah, exactly. Guilt's a powerful motivator. It's like we were saying, and I mean, I feel like everybody who gets to a certain level in this business, I mean, I hope everybody, you feel pretty fortunate, right? That you've turned this some lifelong passion into an actual job. So I I don't know, you know, I mean, at at that point, you're kind of also looking for ways, if your expertise can be helpful in this kind of a project. And if it's, a, you know, and obviously like something that you feel strongly about or seems important, you know, then it's, it's a pretty easy yes. You know, I mean, you know, it's going to be a lot of work. Like I was definitely like when Paul called me, like, I think we were saying summer of 2019, he called me and Rob Williams, who's like a writer, British writer who, I'm never forgiving for getting me involved in this, but um, he he set it up. Yeah, it was clear that Paul knew a lot about obviously the subject and the players and stuff, but like knew nothing about putting together even comic comic stories, comic anthologies, whatever. I think I've said this before in interviews. It's like there's more NBA basketball players than there are comic book editors on planet Earth. So it's like it's a pretty small group of people that you can tap to help on something like this you definitely need to help because there is i mean a lot of stuff and and i don't you know i I think i have a lot of good skill sets but the sort of project management side isn't at the scale particularly isn't really necessarily my best you know so that's why it just becomes simple to kind of start it's like any good heist picture you got to have like a tech guy you got to have a muscle guy you got to have like a con guy so then it's like okay michael knows how to manage like all of this stuff, he's got great contacts in like the art collecting side of his life. And we had some other help. Biz helped us for a little while and then wasn't able to continue. Um, but she was great at coming in immediately and sort of identifying places where like, I have a tendency to kind of fall back on the same people over and over and over, you know, and that, and then things like this, it's helpful because you can just reach out to people who you consider your friends and sort of lean on them. Cause no one's getting paid to do any of this. Right. So you know, it's a, it can be a big ask in the midst of your daily workflow. So, so I'm good at that, but it tends to give you the same, you know, you can tell the people on the list that are kind of some of the same. So bringing in this and then later bringing in Tyler, like younger people who have a better connection to maybe the newer, younger crops of talent or just really, a lot of people too. She knew like a lot yeah, of the band folks and all the British uh, young talent. So was that Sarah? Sarah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was so. she was Paul's assistant. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's a yeah. Biss Stringer Horn was mm-hmm. another of the editors on it. She was mm-hmm. at the beginning of the project, and what was what was her realm of like sort of, or her focus on this at the beginning? You were saying just younger. Um, yeah, I think it was younger. Okay. It was broadening the tent, you know, to try to more help diverse. find you know more like a more diversity on it because as you're saying i mean if for the first thing is like well how green is this book going to publish the second thing is kind of like are you just going to have some euro american centric you know creators trying to tell these stories about 
you know, something that's impacting the entire world. So it became pretty clear that like to really, you know, have an interesting, cool book that people would want to look at and listen to, you know, we really needed to find people from kind of a real global group of talent, you know, and I think we ended up getting creators on every continent, maybe I feel like, except yep. I don't know if Antarctica is still considered a continent, but, um, Your day will yeah, so yeah, so, right. So we were, if they don't melt away um, yeah. right, when they let, when they let Pluto back into the galaxy, then we'll trade that for Antarctica. But the, um, yeah. So she was great about that. She's amazing. And then chat, she sadly had to like, you know, step back from it. And Tyler was there. And then Sarah Florence Lord, who, she was Paul's assistant and trying to help on a lot of other stuff, but she wrote it, some um, stories too. She wrote a, a good amount. Yep. Yeah. It ended up really being like next person up kind of, I mean, in terms of how we started to divvy up the work. I mean, cause I always feel like comic book editing is a pretty small amount of people, but like I can teach you like the basics of what you need to know, particularly in like maybe in the short term, but like it really requires the best thing you can have is like an attitude like Tyler's or Sarah's or someone's where it's just like, what do we need to do? Who's going to do it? Like, let's, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of hierarchy. There's not a lot of pretense. It's just like all hands on deck kind of you know, attitude. And what this and, and Sarah and Tyler really brought to it was, you know, Will and I are, are well tied into the, um, let's call it the mainstream comics world. Um, you know, they, but there's a lot more out there. The, there's the webtoons, and we you'll see see a lot of that in there. There's the just the indie comics in general, and and then the you know a lot of this was also based on celebrities and bands coming up with ideas, and then us adapting their ideas to comics. And and so the three of them were really uh, they're younger than us, and so they were able to kind of better understand that world and know who to pull in and who is who's relevant in that world and. And who may be interested in, or whose voice may may uh, you know, sound the, the loudest out of in that world. And so it was a big help. I mean, if you look at where we live, we did some of that, but I think this is a much well representative uh, group than than even that was. And Tyler, you're the youngest of them all. Am I? <laughs> well, of all the editors, I think you're going to be inheriting this planet. And did, I know you got I know you got roped into this, but did you have a different take on what was supposed to be done? seeing that, you know, we're just Gen X really and sitting here watching the world burn, but you guys are going to have to live on it after we go away. So, um, I don't know, uh, maybe is it a, something you even thought about is like, is this book something that might be able to change some attitudes that starts that ripple effect, uh, seeing that you're going to be here after we're all taking dirt naps. <laughs> I'd like to think maybe that my generation has a little bit more of a, uh, eyeball on what's happening environmentally wise. I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty well established at this point that we're being dealt kind of a, a shit deck in terms of the environment. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we got to do a lot of stuff that needs to be done, uh, you know, in terms of uh, legislation, in terms of all that stuff. But in terms of this comic book, I'd hope it, it spreads some word about what's going on. I know we're trying to keep track of how many species we're, we're, uh, keeping uh, preserved and, uh, yeah, hopefully the publicity that's being generated around this project is going to get some younger minds to pay attention more. That that was our goal. Mm -hmm. So, did you guys ever really have? I mean, Will did. Was there a game plan at some point after the phone call, the initial phone call? Because you've done this before with where we live. Do you go? Okay, I know the size of the project, how much time it's going to take. Did you 
on an editorial way, come up with a game plan or just go, okay, I need to get a crew together and just get this ball rolling. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always got a plan, you know, Francis, come on, but uh, no, I, the scope of it, obviously it's a lot bigger scope than, uh-huh. than we had original originally intended. And it actually captured a lot more, as we were saying before, I think the original title or working title was like extinction event. 2030 or something. 2030. Yeah, it was very focused on saving species and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then it started to become much broader as like people stepped up and wanted to join into the the effort. But yeah, I mean, I I, I could go back and look, but I mean, I think I got the initial phone call in like August or so of 2019. And then I think I was probably on the phone to Michael like soon after that, you know, um and just yeah because you do realize like that even as paul had enumerated like the list of people he'd either already spoken to or wanted to speak to about it it was going to be at least as big as where we live but probably likely much bigger you know and with a lot more kind of we didn't have a publisher so that was like that was the other part of it that was a little bit different you know we had a sense from the beginning on the where we live like from image essentially like a rough page count and kind of, um, you know, not that they weren't like amazingly flexible about adding pages as we needed them, but you know, you had a ballpark of like, okay, it's about this many pages. This is when they want to print it. Here's what it's going to cost, all that kind of stuff. This, we didn't even have a printer lined up. So we didn't have a publisher. We didn't know. We didn't know how we, we yeah, at one point we were talking about sorry, kickstarting publisher. or yeah, we were yeah, thinking whether we were going to yeah. kickstart it or yeah, actually yeah. I'm just looking at my email. My first email from you was August 2nd, 2019. Okay. It was right after we lost the Eisner for where we live. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, so that was basically the thing. And then, it, you know, it even at that point for a while kind of stalled out because it was this sort of weird chicken and egg thing where it was like, well, in order to find a publisher, we need to have some stories and people lined up in order to get people to commit to it. It was a little tricky to sort of say to creators, hey, do you want to do all these pages on spec? And it may never get published or we might have to kickstart it or, you know, like, so it was a little bit tricky to do that. So there was a period where it almost felt like it was kind of like went away for a while. Um, and, but then Paul just, you know, as I said, he's so tenacious that eventually was hooked up through some of the charitable stuff that he's done, I think hooked up with some of the people at DK and they were from like day one, like seemed to be just like, so excited about it. You know I mean? Even in our first call with them was like, it's going to be a huge book for us and it's going to be one of our top October, you know, fall books. And, you know, they really were all about it. Like it wasn't, it didn't seem hard to get them going. Like once the initial, you know, work had been done there, but yeah, like I said, that was like well over probably a a year more after we first started. Yeah. I think what happened was also Paul was able to use his, um, his, his charitable connections to get a lot of celebrities um, you know, name celebrities, not comic book celebrities, but celebrity celebrities to at least commit to coming up with a story. And, and then we were going to take, we took them, you'll see things like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's in there. Um, I'm trying to remember all the names now, but. Well, he wasn't uh, in there. Yeah, we Rick, took the picture with Paul with the book. The picture. We were trying That's to get right. him for right. the entire time. Yeah. Ricky Gervais, I think ended up doing Yeah. So we, yeah, we had a lot of stories. Yeah. You know, and so that also helped tweak. DK into in, into coming along was yeah we had names that they could that they were going to be able to use to to help promote it and and there are people like I said that weren't comics but they 
they were interested in it and they were interested in being part of a of, of the comic and in times other times we had artists but no writers and that's when you know people like even tyler got your first writing exposure doing this book as did sarah um and uh so yeah so we again we we did what we had to do and and found ways to bring this together it's it's a it's the biggest one project i've been involved in i mean that you know that many creators is is tough to wrangle but it was it was very well done it was done actually you know even with that delay to the delay out of the, there was about a you know five or six months where it was back and forth as to whether it's really going to continue or not if you take that out this was done in probably 18 months i mean honestly 12 to 18 months from of actual work to do something this large that's a that's a big project I think it was a less than that, though. I mean, I feel like by the time we yeah. actually got back, it was like the fall of what last year. I mean, I remember yeah, having so we had discussions like around this time last year, and it was like, okay, these files need to be at the printer by March. And then I was like, yeah. well, what if we do April? Can you push to April? And then, well, there's supply issues, there's shipping. You know, like it just got to be. Yeah. You know, most book publishers want stuff at least six a year advance, maybe more <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. yeah so they really were pushing the the tolerances of like what they could do but the actual time that we spent on it you know it was a pretty compressed amount of actual time like you know here's when we need the script here's when we need the art you know et cetera, et cetera. so yeah i mean like for tyler like one of the meetings we were talking and it was like somebody there was a musician or somebody that needed somebody to do it and i was just like okay tyler you you're doing that one, you know, like it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, you know, like, can we get someone who can, yeah. yeah, we're like, can we get someone who can talk to her and then just try to translate it? And, you know, we've done a bunch of those on the, where we live, right. Like with the, the yep. real like survivor stories in there and yep. um, had some really good writers work with people like Mariah, you know, and Alex Segura and some other people that, you know, actually had conversations and, and so this would thankfully wasn't quite as heavy as that, but it was definitely like, all right, Tyler, like you look ready to roll here, like get on the phone or get on a call and then get off the call and bang out some pages and like, let's do this, you know? What, what was the one thing from where we live that really the experience of putting that together that really helped you on putting this together? Was there anything uh, really you uh, learned that you're like, okay, we need to, you know, here's a, a chance to really, you know, really put that to work. I think some of the organizational aspects of it, you know, how we put things together originally and tried to track things that did, it was done differently because I, I had some issues where I had to drop off for a period of time uh, for personal reasons. And so I got everything set up and in, in, in the way I would do it and the way I would track things um, and turn that over to, to Sarah. And I think this was still there at the time and Tyler and, uh, and they adapted them to their own, you know, methods, but it was, you know, the ability to kind of know what you had to watch for and, and know how you have to process, you know, and keep an eye on, on all the different steps that are required. Um, you know, I, I wish we had a basis to start that with here, um, which I think helped those guys get, get started. Um, and, and then also how to reach out to some of these folks. Um, there were, there were, you know, certain comic folks that we did, we knew we wanted to have involved because their names are, are known. Um, and it, it was, just pre-COVID that all this kind of started. And uh, so everyone was still, was busy. They, I mean, and so it was, you know, we had to figure out how to work with them and then how to also, um, you know, work with all these new webtoons and, and you know, new kind of you know, new age artists and, and creators that we didn't know about before. So that was new, but, but I think we still used a lot of the same processes and, and the same uh, methodologies that we used on where we live. 
Yeah, I mean, Michael had definitely had the skeleton of like the workflow skeleton existed. So then it was just a question of, you know, how do you want to layer this stuff on there and trying to work with DK on it. And, you know, it was, it was definitely, um, yeah. So it ended up being a little bit different, but I mean, I think the biggest thing, I don't know. I feel like I was like losing my cool a lot more on where we live than I did on this one. I don't know why. Um, age, but, uh, yeah, maybe. I think it was just mellowed. <laughs> maybe had to take, had to take naps. That <laughs> could be. No, but I think some of that came down to like workflow because I remember feeling very frustrated at certain points, and Michael was always great to sort of talk me off the ledge about like, like I would reach out to somebody, or JH would say, "Hey, can you reach out to so and so?" And then I'd reach out to them, but then he would still be reaching out to them. And you know, there was a lot of kind of overlapping of of you know duplication of work and stuff like that. And at times, it just you know, it was never like you know malevolent or ill intended. It was just kind of like you know, you're scrambling around to do it all this shit yeah. done, you know. And it's mm-hmm. sort of like the time it took you to ask me to do it, like you could have just done it, like that kind of stuff. And so we were able to kind of, I think, mitigate like some of that, like the, the, the ideas of like the job roles, even though they had to remain somewhat fluid in terms of picking up the slack here and there. If you, if you had to like Tyler having to jump on writing stories or Sarah having to do some whatever, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think people, people felt like, or I felt anyway, like I kind of knew what my job was and Michael was here for his expertise on that. And, you know, so yeah, it felt a little m- more, less seat of your pants than where we lived in. But you know, it's like anything else. like now you've done it. Michael's done two or three. I've done a couple, you know, it just, you just learn these things over, mm-hmm. over the doing it really. Uh, Tyler, seeing this was your first time you wrote anything. How did you get roped into that? I guess. And what was it? <laughs> was it just like, <laughs> Hey, next man up, you know, just like yeah. get done to get this thing done. That's literally it what it was. We were talking, like, we we're like, crap, we got like five stories I need to write. Like, you know, we have like a, Oh God. And then there was like, you know, uh, Paul was going to do the Lucy Lawless one by himself. And he's like, I can't do this. Can you uh, take a, take a, take a crack at it? And I was like, all right. And I, uh, yeah, he was, I would, he like, was definitely script and, uh, yeah. 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 He was a little, like, it was a lot oh. of, and I was like, dude, you just finished college. You're writing script. You're doing yeah. this stuff. Like do it. It's I'm like an English minor. Story. I can, I can right. do that. Exactly. Sure. Why not? Like, you know, well, you'd seen lots of, you know. you'd seen lots of scripts. I mean, having yeah, worked with Wolf for a while, I was used to scripts. Yeah, you didn't know what the form you knew what the form or what it was supposed to kind of look and feel like. So yeah, it wasn't like yeah. they're throwing you in the deep end. Tyler has officially written many more comic script pages than I have at this point in his career. <laughs> I have not written any afterwards yet because that one afterward where we live, let me tell you, top notch. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> It's good. I'm going to write my own when we get off this call. <laughs> never, n- never again. That's what it's called. <laughs> what what do you think is what would you like to see this book accomplish? I mean, and let me just get the title right before we sign off is the most important comic book on earth. So that's a big ask, but what do you think um, this will, I mean, once again, it goes back, will it actually have an effect on people? Do you feel that the, all this work that you put into it and the stories and what you were able to gather, there's stories there that might at least hit people emotionally, that they might stop and think about what's going on in this planet, what we're doing as a species to this planet. And maybe so, you know, we have to see, get really serious about it. Um, yeah. do you feel well, that I mean, there? if you go to the rewriting extinction page, which talks about what the whole project's about as a whole, 
um, you know, you'll see that they've been raising money. They've been, you know, they've done a really good job of kind of focusing on the things they want to focus on. But so I think that's helped. And then I've talked to a lot of uh, teachers and librarians and they're picking up this book. They've, they've got it on the shelves already and um, they're getting positive response because it's, it's people, their students know it's, it's, it's artists and creators from the, from the, again, the, 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 the web comic kind of thing. Uh, that they know. So now they're reading, you know, about these, uh, uh, the whole environmental side of things and, and, and in a way that it's coming to them that in a way that they can accept. So I think it's, I, I'm hearing positive effects from it. Yeah. And Paul had a very specific mandate, you know, he, he recruited these, what, six charities, I think it ended up being so that, um, they were very like micro targeted in terms of, okay, this is, you know, we want to have stuff that's dealing with animals, dealing with like habitat preservation, dealing with that kind of stuff. It wasn't just like, Oh, it's all going into some big kitty and I'm going to decide where to distribute the money. I mean, if you like, it's like, like Michael was saying, if you go to the website, I mean, there's literally like, you know, X amount of acres have already been purchased with these funds or so many species that we working to help, you know, save, it's very, you know, even on Instagram, I notice occasionally they'll do those really short-term like fundraisers. It's like, yep. we're trying to raise, you know, $2,000 by the end of the next hour or something. And yep. like, you know, and it seems like a small potatoes, but it, it, you know, over time, those things kind of add up, but um, I don't yeah, yeah, right I know. now, I mean, actually, yeah, right now, actually, I'm just looking at the site. There's two species that have been protected, 61 acres and 109,000 pounds that have been raised via this book and this, this, this initiative. Apart from the kind of hearts and minds campaign of raising awareness and trying to get people interested in this, I mean, some of it just is a strictly dollars and cents, you know, trying to raise as much money as possible for the charities that Paul had lined up for the project, right? And they're all, you know, well-known, well-established charities. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a big part of it also. It was just to sort of see where you're actually, your effort was going to be going towards something that was going to raise money for these different groups that are really the ones out there doing it. And, you know, we even did a lot of work with the people from all those various groups. Like, you know, some of them do stories, some of them are involved or connected us to celebrities who, you know, are very involved in their charities and things. So, you know, it was, I mean, it was an amazingly collaborative thing you know, considering there's, I mean, how many total creators are there on this thing, you know, it was over 300. How did you determine to use whatever creators? Did people start coming to you or was it something, okay, we're going to use these people who have name recognition within the industry, but also in entertainment? Were you an exclusive club or sort of a welcoming club? And at a point, did it have to turn into one, one from one thing to the other? You have the short list of the people that mm-hmm. you know you can sort of rely on and hopefully have a certain level of recognition And yeah, I mean, it was obviously pretty welcoming for a long time, as Michael was saying before. I mean, there's people from all these very, you know, there's people who basically publish their cartoons and comics on like Instagram, you know, people that I don't have any real experience dealing with. But when you look at the stuff, I mean, they're getting millions of views of their comics and stuff, you know, so it's incredible. Um, Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, just from a schedule standpoint, you have to stop being as as inclusive. But as word sort of got around certain people, I definitely was getting calls from people saying, Oh, I heard you're doing this thing. Is there something, is it too late for me to get involved? You know? Um, and I, I think we had very few people. I mean, I don't think really hardly anybody turned us down. I mean, we had a few people just from a schedule standpoint, turn us down, but you, you know, there wasn't, it, it, 
is it can be a little awkward or a little like you feel a little guilty about asking artists or creators to give up their time for free but i mean so many of the responses were like oh my god yes thank you for asking me like what you know what can i do when can i start what do you need from me that kind of you know response which i, I find in the industry in general for as much kind of hair pulling as people want to like throw around you know comics this and you know blah 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 like by and large the people in the industry that's who they are you know like they're just like amazing talented kind open-hearted open-minded people so i know paul was kind of the the one that got most of the celebrities he had the the celebrity contacts either personally or through these uh these different uh charities that we're supporting um and then and, and, uh, and then will and i from a comics perspective did pull on our lists uh I think we talked earlier, there, there's the Lucy Lawless story, and we got David Mack to to illustrate that. And the way we did that was that Lucy actually asked for him. Lucy, Lucy and he had worked together on a, a Xena comic recently in the last couple of years where David did all the covers and they were um, they were of her, or of her in character. And so she really liked working with him. And so she came to us when, with the story she had and then asked if it would be possible for us to Get a hold of david well from you know my background I'm, I'm friendly with him and so we uh were able to make that happen and uh and there were a lot of stories of cases like that where some either a celebrity or someone might have a specific artist in mind where we did try to match them up and other times these celebrities just wanted someone to do their story and so we would again draw on our rolodexes geez I'm, i am old um and uh and find uh find someone that could fit what is them, that but, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he pulled out he pulled out his palm device and it's my palm door, his yeah. contacts yeah yeah that's true because so, i mean i remember talking to you know like azarella or someone who i'm so close with and worked yeah. with for so long you know i talked to brian about it and then I don't know if I, Cliff Chang, I don't know if I have been talked uh, to Cliff, Cliff story. but yeah, that Brian was and Cliff had worked on Wonder Woman together for, you know, quite a long time. And I can't remember at some point, I, I, I somehow they were on their own then, you know, Brian's like, all right, Cliff's going to do the thing. I got this idea for this like two page thing. Cliff's going to do it, you know, and he's going to do the whole thing. And yeah, so I don't even it. remember it. I have to go back and look like, did I ask Cliff to work with Brian? I don't think I did. I mean, I think it's just like, they just start, like riffing on that kind of thing, you know, and that's just sort of the way it goes. And that's that's yeah, still one of my favorite stories from the whole thing. Is is is, is, is that that was amazing? Yeah, that's like a two-page sort of Hogo tribute one, Walt Kelly yeah. one. That's like, but Cliff did the whole thing, colored it, lettered it, yeah. and it all looks like like newsprint, like dot matrixy kind of colors, separations, yeah. and everything else. Like it's crazy. When you look up the uh, the comic online, uh, uh, I think on Target, they show a couple of preview pages, and that is proudly displayed as one of the previews, is the full thing. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh no. There you go. That's the book. <laughs> well, Tyler, seeing you have to get back to the, the writer's room, uh, I just want, what did you think of the experience? This was your first experience, so I would like to end it with, you know, would you do it again? Um, or what did you come out, come away with? In a heartbeat, I would absolutely do this again. I I love the anthology format. Uh, I I read a lot of those just personally in my free time. I think it's a great way of showcasing a huge amount of talent and honing them down to just like a you know two three pager in some cases just a one pager. I think it's an awesome format. I think it's a great way of conveying one singular theme across all these different stories. And it was an amazing experience. Obviously, I'm a little biased. I have to write a couple and that's always going to hold a special place in my heart. 
So yeah, I'd love to work on another anthology either with these guys or, you know, break out on my own. I'd probably work with these guys again. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own. Oh God, I knew you'd do this. (laughs) Well, I guess one last question. Is there something else in the works? Because I mean, you guys have a really great track record so far. So have you, has anybody been smart enough to like reach out to you and go, Hey, no, no. anyone, anyone listening to this, like don't reach out to me. That's my advice. I have no interest in helping people. As I learned that from the outsiders, you see what happens when you try to help people. (laughs) So uh, we saw what happened to Johnny when he tried to help those kids in that fire. So no, I'm not, no, no one, no one yet, but I'm sure someone will. And, just well, no, I, no COVID one. I don't want to do another. I don't want to do COVID one right now. It's too early for a COVID one. Yeah. A you need athlete's no? foot anthology. Something about like, you know, <laughs> gout or like feline, like diabetes or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, I just want to thank you guys for, you know, you know, putting the time and effort into producing this book and, you know, the message that you're getting out there that, you know, you know, it's just a little ripple effect that, you know, who knows where it ends up taking us hopefully into a better approach to how to, you know, treat our world and the other, the other animals and creatures that live on it that have, you know, deserve an opportunity to continue living here. So, yep. So, uh, yeah, you know, look for the book and your finer bookstores is the most important comic book on earth. And uh, if you want to find a little more about it, rewritingextinction.com is the whole overarching theme of the, uh, for the, for what we're trying to raise money for. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Great plug. (laughs) And uh, have a great weekend, guys. (laughs) Yeah, man. Thank you, Francis. Thanks so much, Francis. Good seeing you guys. Appreciate it. See you later. Later. Bye.